This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Expanding vaccinations for younger children. How your child could get a shot before Christmas. RCMP investigate the Kelowna Remembrance Day disruptors. We're looking at this from a criminal perspective. What they're asking of people who were there. And blowing the whistle on a shortage of refs. Everybody's fighting it for the same pool of officials. The crisis in amateur hockey made worse by the pandemic. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Sophie is off tonight. Parents should find out before the end of the month when they can book a COVID vaccine for their younger children. Health Canada is expected to authorize it in the next couple of weeks. Already, preparations have begun for hundreds of thousands of 5 to 11-year-old kids to get the shot. Richard Zussman reports. Time winding down on the shot clock for 5 to 11-year-olds. The review is actively ongoing and we expect to have a final decision in the next one to two weeks. British Columbia preparing for Health Canada to give the approval to the Pfizer vaccine, altered to a lower dose for 5 to 11-year-olds. That vaccine has been approved in the United States and is currently being distributed. Health Canada is not going to approve something that is not safe and not effective. So we know when that approval comes that this vaccine is safe and is effective. More than 350,000 kids will be eligible for the shot once approved in BC. The province expected to be able to start providing it soon after federal approval and is finalizing administration plans. Parents should also expect to receive public health information through their schools. And, and the education sector has a, a real role to play in terms of helping to provide education about the safety and efficacy of the vaccine for young children. Parents can register their kids now through the provincial vaccine website. About 20% of kids are already registered. As to where the shot will be given, it will not include convention center style clinics. Using schools in all areas also ruled out. Instead, the focus will be on smaller community clinics. Uh, I know that the uh, that uh, that the public health team wants to ensure that uh, vaccines are available in a way that is very simple and uh, easy for parents and families to access. Amelia, mm -hmm. okay, I have your COVID vaccine. Family doctors hoping the province will consider using them to administer the shot. We are people who trust. Um, we have the parents trust and we have the kids trust as well. And like you said, we've been vaccinating since forever. As for the province's vaccine card, they are not considering making changes. So five to 11 year olds, once the vaccine is approved, will not be required to show proof of immunization to go to a movie, sporting event, play or restaurant. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. Here's a look at B.C.'s latest COVID-19 numbers based on two reporting days after the Remembrance Day break yesterday. We have 992 new cases and 4,265 active cases. 
Hospitalizations have dropped to 384. 124 of those patients is in the ICU. Tragically, 23 more people have died from complications of the virus. And 86.5% of those 12 and older are now fully vaccinated. We're also getting a look today at how many younger people are still unvaccinated. We'll bring in Keith Baldry now with more on that. Keith, it is still a significant number. Oh, quite a bit, uh, Chris. And it's really against all age courts, cohorts, but really it's the younger people. Uh, but the good news is it's uh, some high rates among some age cohorts and lowers in others. Take a look at this in terms of people under the age of 50. So the 12 to 17-year-old group, which is right on the heels of the 5 to 11, 84.7%, but still 47,000 people in that age category have yet to be vaccinated. Take a look at the 18 to 29-year-olds. Very impressive. One of the highest age cohorts of all. I don't think a lot of people expected people in their 20s to to be so positive embracing of the vaccination rollout program. People in the 30s significantly lower, still 86,000 people not vaccinated there and 74,000 people in their 40s still yet to get their first dose. I took a deeper dive on the 12 to 17 year olds, Chris, to find out, to basically look at the what we're seeing there because it's likely what we're going to see in the 5 and 11 year olds. 90% vaccination for 70, 17 year olds, just 76% for 12 year olds. So again, younger people, much lower vaccination rate. Also, depending on where you live, 88% vaccination rate in that age cohort in most health authorities, but just 75% in the interior and just 66% in the north. Dove a little further, and guess what? In the Peace River, people in the, that age group, 12 to 17, just 38% vaccinated. So very low numbers in that teenage group in parts of the Peace and parts of the north, likely to be reflected in the 5 to 11-year-old age cohort as well. And that could lead to big problems, as we've seen mm -hmm. down the line. So the message exactly. is get them vaccinated. Thanks very much, Keith. As pandemic restrictions loosen up, more and more players are returning to the ice for hockey. But organizers of leagues and tournaments are dealing with a big problem, a critical shortage of referees. It was bad before COVID hit, and Amada Gahi shows us why it's even worse now. It's Friday morning at Planet Ice in Maple Ridge. The Ridge Meadows Rustlers, who have come out firing to an early lead, are hosting the Remembrance Day Classic. With 500 9 and 10 year olds from across the province taking part, the weekend is very important. And not only because it's the first tournament here in two years. Hosting these tournaments also provides us an opportunity to generate revenue, which keeps our costs down. 28 teams will play 72 games in just four days. And 14-year-old Gavin Robbie will referee 15 of them. We're getting calls from every other association looking for officials. Everybody's fighting for the same pool of officials. Ridge Meadows is 40 referees short, and it is well known that other organizations are in a similar position, if not worse. It seems after last season, which saw little hockey being played because of the pandemic, many refs just moved on. I did like three games last year, so it, it was just kind of annoying. You signed up, you paid all this money, and you didn't get to ref at all. It does cost quite a little bit of a chunk of change to start the season as a new official. It's, you have to buy a jersey, some gear, new helmet, new visor. There are also suggestions young hockey refs need better pay as an incentive. But the biggest problem, according to Robbie, verbal abuse, which was causing some referees to contemplate hanging up the skates even before COVID gave them a reason to. 
coaches yelling at you, that's probably the most annoying part. And it's probably a 15 or 16 year old kid that's refereeing the game. So they're learning at the same time as, as, the, as the players on the ice are. If we don't have officials, we can't play. I believe it is a, one of the biggest hurdles is to make sure that they see a point in it. Like what's, if they're gonna go and get yelled at, there's no point. But in the meantime, it looks to be a hockey season where organizers will have to work into overtime to avoid cancellations. Imadagahi, Global News. Kamloops RCMP have narrowed their search for a missing woman. Shannon White has been missing since November 1st when she left her home but never arrived at work. Search and rescue crews have now joined the search in two specific areas. One is the Silver Sage Trailer Park. Police say their presence in the park is related to the investigation, although they're not saying how. Officers and search and rescue teams are also searching the wilderness west of Kamloops. They say White's Jeep was spotted going westbound on the Trans-Canada Highway on the 1st. So if you have any information or dash cam video from that time, you're asked to call Kamloops RCMP. Vancouver police are investigating the city's 15th homicide of the year. Officers were called to a social housing complex at Maine and Cordova on the downtown east side Thursday morning. They found the body of 43-year-old Joshua Huff in his suite. One person has been arrested, but police have yet to announce any charges. VPD is asking anyone who may have information on the case to contact them. And Victoria police are alerting parents after a report of an attempted child luring at Topaz Park around 2 o'clock this afternoon. They say an 11-year-old was approached by a woman, offered money and a Bible, and told to get into her car. The suspect is described as a Caucasian woman, approximately 60 to 70 years of age, with a slim build and shoulder-length gray hair. She was wearing glasses and driving a silver sedan. Anyone with information is being asked to call police. Now we turn to the weather. November rain and snow are returning to the south coast this weekend. It could be a lot of it, too. Here's meteorologist Devon Shell with more on this atmospheric river. And in Yvonne, we heard today that uh, in a preemptive move, Vancouver closed all the outdoor athletic parks this weekend. And I can see why, because this will be a juicy one. We've actually got a bit of a brief break that'll take us in towards the morning hours. But in behind it, it's this plume of moisture that'll be coming from the tropics. We'll have warm air, but a significant amount of rain and snow for the mountain passes that'll be changing over to rain. Now the rainfall advisory extending in towards the Sunshine Coast, Howe Sound, Metro Vancouver, and the Fraser Valley. The heaviest rainfall will be beginning for Saturday night, continuing Sunday, and then easing off by Monday. But we're looking at rainfall amounts anywhere between 75 and potentially up to 150 millimeters. Big concern with this atmospheric river will be high stream levels and local flooding, rapid warming, and excessive melt, especially for the mountains with that freezing level rising, and warnings will likely be issued, so you have to tune in. But we are going to see a significant amount of snow for Saturday night if you're traveling along the mountain passes. That coming up very shortly. Chris? All right, we'll check in a little later. Thanks very much, Yvonne. So, are you normally a last-minute holiday shopper? If so, you might want to make some adjustments this year. Our Catherine Urquhart now with tips from the experts on how to overcome that global supply chain crunch this Christmas. With Christmas only six weeks away, the holiday shopping season is in full swing. But buying Christmas gifts and goodies this year may be a challenge. I noticed that uh, some things are uh, really shortage in the stores. 
supply chain issues have become a huge problem for many businesses, like the gourmet warehouse. Out of a five or six page order that is big, we may get half. Sometimes we only will get a third. And then our buyers are scrambling to reorder so that we can get next on the list. It's really, really a challenge. Retail experts say the disruption of supply chains is massive. One of the biggest obstacles faced by retailers in years. The impact is all over the map. Harder hit would be uh, anything that's really seasonal or if it's produce. At luxury children's wear store Bonpoint, there are still plenty of adorable baby clothes from France to choose from. At least for now, inventory is not what it typically is. It is definitely hard with with um, receiving stock because everything does come from France and Europe. Um, it is quite hard to get everything that we've ordered from because there is uh, not as many things that they are currently making right now. Shoppers are being urged to get gifts and supplies soon. There are not going to be challenges if you're an early bird. That early bird's going to get the worm this year. And there's this advice. I would say check often. If you're being very particular about a make and model, maybe even a price point, the fact that it may be out of stock today doesn't mean it's going to be out of stock in five days. Also, be flexible with your holiday gifting and receiving. You just may need to be happy with something you weren't exactly expecting. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. There is now a criminal investigation against those Remembrance Day disruptors in Kelowna. They upset a lot of people by hijacking what should have been a somber event. And today, the Kelowna RCMP announced they're involved. What they're asking you to do to help, next on the News Hour. A woman gets a wild surprise walking to her car in Port Alberni. What she says about it coming up on the news hour. And hop aboard for a new take on the tiny home trend. A BC couple with big plans and a growing YouTube audience, too. That's later. Right now, though, anger and frustration still linger tonight over Thursday's disruption of some Remembrance Day services by pandemic protesters. And it's raising the question of whether a little-known Canadian law could be used to punish those involved. Ramina Dea reports. The levels of cognitive dissonance have shot through the roof. Vulgar behavior, according to many who were brought to tears. But was it criminal? Hey, ladies, take a look at these. Hey, climb up. This is not the f***ing day. Now, the Kelowna RCMP support persons or groups' right to protest. But when they choose to willfully interrupt the assembly of citizens at a Remembrance Day ceremony, this is a step too far. Kelowna RCMP now investigating whether a criminal offence was committed Thursday. Police estimate up to 100 demonstrators at the Remembrance Day ceremony where hundreds were gathered to remember the fallen. The right time, not the right place. I think the public deserves answers as to what happened and are expecting the RCMP to investigate that. In the crowd, a retired RCMP officer who says, in his opinion, it was a setup. They thought about it. They planned it. it. It was their equipment. They knew well in advance what they were doing. There's no doubt that there should be an investigation as to whether this conduct is mischief. 
Criminal lawyer Ravi Hira says Parliament has imposed higher penalties, including jail, for mischief when it involves a war memorial or cenotaph. The legal question is, what was the intent? If the interference is for the purpose of communicating information, then the interference is not criminal. So while it may be totally abhorrent, it doesn't it may not rise to criminality. The RCMP also investigating whether obstruction charges are warranted. They are urging witnesses, including protesters, to come forward with video and any other potential evidence. Romina Dea, Global News. Seanigan Lake RCMP are asking for help identifying a suspect who broke into the local Legion on Remembrance Day. RCMP say the man pulled up to the Legion on Seanigan Lake Road yesterday just after 9 o'clock in the morning. They say he cut a lock and broke into some storage sheds and then damaged the surveillance cameras. Police say the suspect was driving a distinctive 1990s black Nissan pickup with a white stripe. If you know who he is... You're asked to call RCMP. Coming up, the decline of the taxi industry. A new report shows how ride hailing has transformed the way we get around. And mass transit gets a makeover with a brand new design for SkyTrain. We're all good for Highway 1 at the Portman Bridge. A little farther down the line, though, in Abbotsford, there was a couple cars in the ditch uh, just past number 3 road. I'm glad to report that they are out of the ditch, out of your way, and traffic is returning back to normal. Connect Hearing is Canada's number one physician-referred hearing health care provider. Your hearing is important. Take care of it. Visit Connect Hearing to book your hearing evaluation today. Filling in for Trish Joyson, I'm Jackson McNulty from the Global Traffic Helicopter. Well, if you've ever taken an Uber or a Lyft to get around recently, you are not alone. A new report suggests earlier this year in the Lower Mainland, ride-hailing trips outnumbered those taken by a taxi by almost two to one. And demand is expected to increase as we inch closer to the holiday season. Aaron MacArthur explains the reason behind the numbers. A Friday afternoon that feels a lot more like it used to at Sammy J's in Maple Ridge. The busy restaurant well into planning for the holiday party season. One where customers will have plenty of options to get home. I think our customers like ride hailing the best because they can actually see when the car is going to arrive whereas before with the taxi you could be standing out front for an hour in the rain. A new report done for the Passenger Transportation Board shows just how ride hailing has transformed the market in Metro Vancouver. Just after they launched in February of 2020 ride hailing companies were used for less than a third of the 1.5 million trips taken per month in cabs. Then the pandemic hit and rides of all types cratered. But fast forward 14 months and the situation almost completely reversed. Ride hailing companies now account for twice as many trips as taken in cabs. One of the splits is that taxis are good for downtown, but downtown is having not a lot of people. And ride sharing has been good for the suburbs where everybody is sort of nesting right now. One of the reasons is pricing. While Uber and Lyft prices can fluctuate wildly, in off-peak times, a rideshare can be much more affordable. At 1 p.m. on Friday, a ride from downtown to Deep Cove would be about $20 cheaper. A trip to the Abbotsford Airport could save a customer 70 bucks. 
For restaurants in the downtown core, options are welcome, but not the complete solution. Right now, uh, my experience when I, when I call for an Uber, I get, yes, we have one around, and then it turned from five minutes to 20 minutes. Unlike other regions where Uber and Lyft have increased the number of overall trips taken by cars for hire, Vancouver's overall numbers have remained relatively flat. A shortage of drivers or cabs on the road could lead to capacity issues on the busiest weekends this December. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. And TransLink is offering a sneak peek into the future of SkyTrain today. Metro Vancouver's transit agency is showing off a mock-up of the interior of the new Mark V cars. TransLink has ordered 205 new SkyTrain cars. They'll start arriving in 2023. So what's different? Well, the new cars come equipped with bike racks. That's a first for the Expo line, as well as new digital passenger information displays and more bench seating. TransLink says the new cars will meet guidelines in the Americans with Disabilities Act. We did a survey back in 2019 asking customers, what would you like to see? And the one thing we heard is, we like the feel of the Mark 3s, but we want more flex space. They told us they really like the bench style seating. So we took that information and incorporated it into our new Mark 5 design. Some of the new cars will replace the oldest Mark 1 trains. The rest will be used to expand service, including the Broadway extension in Vancouver. Up next, the color of violence. And I want them to know that it's not their fault. How she's tackling abuse against racialized women. Also tonight, COP26 wraps up with uncertainty over whether it accomplished anything that will slow down climate change. At least they're still talking. Watch the global news in 980 CK. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. ANW Leadership Series every Saturday and Sunday in partnership with Fortis BC. That's energy at work. At the Alex Fraser Bridge, we are four lanes southbound, three lanes northbound. We are seeing a little bit of volume on the bridge deck, but no real delays. We are moving smooth and steady across into Delta. Through a new charitable uh, partnership between Kermac Cares for Kids and the Surrey Memorial Hospital, when you choose Kermac Collision and Autoglass, you also support the Surrey Memorial Children's Healthcare Center. From the Global Traffic Helicopter, I'm Jackson McNulty. The deadline for countries to agree on a new climate plan at COP26 has passed without a deal, but negotiators from nearly 200 countries are still at the table. For the past couple of weeks, they've been working on text that is not only acceptable to all parties, but leads to meaningful measures to protect the planet from continued warming. Crystal Gumansing reports from Glasgow. We've now had 38 parties uh, who have been able to participate in this plenary. As the clock was running out, nations were still making presentations and demands. The Philippines, which has seen the effects of climate change, reiterated the need for wealthy nations to financially support developing countries, not only for losses and damages, but to fund green technologies. Environmental activists held their red line and walked out. Some frustrated delegates joined the march. 
The people in there failed us, as expected. The draft agreement shared Wednesday laid out a pledge to phase out coal and end fossil fuel subsidies. As many feared, it was watered down, although the final language is not known. Canada's environment minister says when the summit wraps up, he'll travel by train and share the plans with Canadians. Yes, I think 1.5 degrees is still in reach. Um, and uh, G20 leaders have agreed that it, it, was, it was still within reach. Minister Stephen Gilbeau says on some of the contentious issues holding up the agreement, Canada already has plans on the books. A pledge was made previously to phase out fossil fuel subsidies by 2023, and the export of thermal coal will end by 2030. Addressing global warming, however, needs to be a worldwide commitment. And once again, Boris Johnson stressed the need for a strong, detailed and deadline-driven agreement. We've been shifting heaven and earth to try and get all our uh, friends, uh, you know, acquaintances around the world, everybody, to see the vital importance of, of this agreement in Glasgow. For now, the work on that agreement continues. Crystal Gamansing, Global News, London. In Health Matters tonight, the numbers are quite shocking. Vancouver's battered women's support services has seen a 300% increase in the number of people who are seeking relief from gender-based violence in the past year. Our Nitu Garcha spoke with one person who knows all too well the dangers that many black, indigenous, immigrant and women of color face on a daily basis. <laughs> with her own support animal in tow. I first got Coco, I remember that I almost gave up on life. Domestic abuse survivor Junko, whose last name we agreed not to broadcast because of safety concerns, now lives with pride for the outreach work and volunteerism she does to help other women flee from violence. And when I fleed violence and being a person of color, I felt completely alone in the system that there was no cultural safety. A system that women trying to escape their abusers need even more amid pandemic restrictions, according to Battered Women's Support Services. We've uh, had to turn our crisis line to 24-7, and we now have an outreach team that is in four Vancouver neighbourhoods. So uh, we responded to just under 32,000 requests for service in 2020, which is up from 18,000 the year before. But the organization's recently launched province-wide survey called Color of Violence aims to focus on who is disproportionately affected and how. We want to know the ways in which the system is uh, perhaps being a problem uh, for survivors. The domestic abuse survey available in multiple languages is timed to align with BC's anti-racism legislation review. This is first time ever in the history of British Columbia that we have this survey. If it is racism, we recognize that. And also to do the policy work that is required. Uh, the legislation that would be coming out in spring 22, I think that is great work, but that is also the beginning of the world. I want women to know that their voices matter and they matter, their feelings matter, and that um, they are not alone. Junko is now urging others to call or text the same crisis line that started her own healing journey. Nitu Garcha, Global News, Vancouver. 
The BC Lions are teaming up with the province to help tackle racism in schools. They've launched an anti-racism program aimed at creating a safer place for students and their families. BC Lions players will hold 20 workshops at schools across the province beginning next year to engage students on issues like diversity and inclusion. It will allow players to share their own personal experiences with racism and encourage students to keep the conversation going. Coming up, a real lifesaver in BC's hot housing market. Welcome aboard. A BC couple floats a new idea for a tiny home. And a Port Alberni woman surprised by a bear. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. Port Alberni woman says she had the fright of her life on Wednesday when she was getting ready to leave to start her night shift at work. That's the sound of a large bear growling as Becky Levesque jolts away from the animal and jumps into her vehicle. She says she immediately went into fight or flight mode and hit her head in the process. She ended up with a bruised ear but is otherwise okay. Becky says despite her garbage and composting being secured, this is a bear that's been in the neighborhood before. I was not expecting it. So now I know to be a little bit more aware of my surroundings. Um, all the neighbors, you know, they know now too. And I'm going to keep the light on in the carport. North Shore Rescue is out with another warning for people venturing out into cold, dark, wet conditions as the team recently dealt with two rescues, including one on the closed Grouse Grind Trail. Many people have been spotted ignoring the detour sign and a tweet from the Metro Vancouver Regional District stating the grind is closed due to heavy snow, ice and slush. Now, rescue crews were called three-quarters of the way up the grind to help a man who wasn't prepared for the weather. And another rescue was needed for two women and a man who got lost after going off the Skyline Trail near Mosquito Creek. In the North Shore, during this time of year, you should always be prepared for the weather we currently have, but more importantly, you should be prepared for the weather we might get. The weather in Gross Mountain changes rapidly. Uh, our colleagues at North Shore Rescue will tell stories about the weather changes in 10-15 minutes from a nice warm day to almost full winter conditions. Metro Vancouver says anyone who chooses to ignore trail closure signs on the grouse grind could be fined $250 for failure to obey the posted notice and an additional $250 for being in the park when it's closed. However, it says typically fines aren't considered for lost hikers as the threat may further endanger someone who may not want to call for help. Just don't go in there in the first place when it's closed. And it is going to be nasty starting this weekend with another atmospheric river heading our way. Here's Yvonne with the details. Yeah, significant amount and subtropical. We'll have a warm air, however, and that's what's going to be a big concern along the North Shore Mountains. It'll be heavy snow, and then it is going to change over to rain as we get in towards our Sunday. Now, overnight tonight, we've got dry conditions, partly cloudy, possibly a slight isolated shower. For the morning hours, a few breaks in there, and then as we get in through the day, it's an increase in cloud cover, rain developing for the afternoon, but some of the heaviest rain will begin for 
tomorrow night. And that's the atmospheric river that will continue all the way in towards the end of the weekend and into early next week. So tomorrow morning, a brief break in the action. But the bulk of the moisture is going to fall by Saturday night, continuing through Sunday. Heavy rain and into Monday morning before it really does start to ease off. Now, here's the rainfall advisory once again. 75 to 150 millimeters by Monday morning. The Sunshine Coast, House Sound and all areas extending into the Fraser Valley included within that. Big concern, though, on the mountain passes will be snowfall. Heavy at times for Sunday night, 15 and up to 20 centimeters. The Coquihalla Connector, Kootenai, as well as the Rogers Pass included within that. And then it changes over to rain. We've got that freezing level that'll spike up, and that'll be a big concern with localized flooding and rapid melting. So a heads up Saturday and leading in towards Sunday for higher elevations. Now, the northern half of the province for tomorrow will be tracking rainfall. It's dry inland, the northeastern corners, and much of the central interior with some sunshine in the mix. The southern interior will see an increase in cloud cover. It's rain by Saturday night and snow for higher elevations. Along the south coast, we'll have a dry start to the morning, rain for the afternoon, heaviest time at times as we get in towards the evening, and that atmospheric river, a juicy one, all the way in towards our Monday, so be prepared over the weekend. A bright spot once again will be on our Tuesday. Tonight's weather window, beautiful shot captured, Stanley Park, and this one was taken by Rob. Chris? Might need a lifeboat after that forecast, or an ark, maybe. Oh. I was supposed to come in yeah, Sorry, you're all good. for the shot. <laughs> the more Yvonne, the better. I'm sure I'm not the only one who feels that. Thanks, Yvonne. In most cases, you don't want to end up in a lifeboat, but for a Victoria couple, it is a dream come true. As Kylie Stan reports, the pair is taking a BC Ferries cast off and turning it into a tiny home with an eye to seeing the world in it. Among the masts and rows of boats, there's one you just can't miss something its owners welcome aboard could not be more proud of oh she's a weird boat so yeah. people are curious about it you know danielle tate stratton and torn sandstrom purchased the vessel now known as luya from bc ferries in may of 2020 a former lifeboat now being transformed into the couple's tiny home. So we've built the side walls, we've added windows, we've put in seven hatches. We added walkways all around the outside so that we could not fall in the water. <laughs> With the exterior nearly complete, the renovation is moving inside. We'll have a command seat sort of sitting up here. Sandstrom, a machinist by trade, is working on the mechanics of it all, from the steering to the electric power. 16 large batteries. While Tate Stratton, a graphic designer, is making it beautiful. We've got uh, quite a large counter space, induction stove coming, nice big sink here with a great view. Roughly 200 square feet in total, complete with a bedroom, closet, kitchen, dining area, and bathroom. This will be the shower where I'm standing. At a purchase price of just $5,000 and another 100000 invested in the remodel, it was the couple's answer to the housing crisis. Of course, it's just unbelievably challenging to buy here. Crazy. So we thought if we're going to have a micro condo, we, we're going to make it our own. But they're sharing the experience. We want to talk to you a little bit about how we found our boat, Luya. Their YouTube channel has garnered quite the following as they've chronicled the project with 5,000 plus subscribers tuning in every step of the way potentially inspiring others to hop on board with the idea. And it's just such an amazing lifestyle. The couple hopes to spend plenty of time exploring the Gulf Islands with the dream of one day taking the boat to the European canals. But first, they have to finish it. It's a slow process, but it should be done in the next year. And so, 
it's back to work. Thanks for coming. Kylie Stanton, Global News, Victoria. Cutest couple, and that is going to be a very cute home as well. All right, Squires here with a look ahead to sports. There is a, well, it's been a long time since we can get really excited about Canadian soccer, but it's happening now, isn't it? Well, this is the best men's team we've ever had, even better than the one that went to the 86 uh, World Cup. Yes, they you can get excited about. The Canucks last night, no, no excitement, unless, of course, you're a Colorado fan. The coach was most unhappy. we got some guys that need to play a lot better, that's for sure. He wouldn't say names, but I'm thinking that he's aiming his anger at all the high-money players on his team. Wow. All right. Also, tis the season for satellite debris. Canucks Nation's getting a little bit restless these days, I think. <laughs> Remember that guy who flew the fighter Benning thing up behind the plane? <laughs> yeah. I think he's phoning a pilot right now. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, first of all, nobody was fired by the Canucks. There were a lot of angry citizens of Canucks Nation after that 7-1 loss to Colorado last night, and they wanted a sacrifice, but there wasn't one. What there was instead was a coach that was just as angry as they were. One who can't figure out why his best players did a complete no-show against the Avalanche. Elias Pettersson, just to name one. No shots on goal. Not a lot of spirit from number 40. But Green basically said, don't just blame one. Everybody was brutal. We're never a group that just burns the tape and doesn't, you know, I think there's something to learn from every game. And we got a lot of guys that need to show their character next game and respond with a much better effort, that's for sure. I'm not going to get into specifics here. I'm not going to start with names, but we got some guys that need to play a lot better, that's for sure. Do you worry at all that they're not hearing you, that your message is being lost in that room? No, I don't. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about getting our team to get ready to play the next game. And the next game is tomorrow in Vegas. Now, the Canucks have had to call up defense from Madison Bowie from Abbotsford with Tucker Pullman getting suspended for the final two games of this road trip because of a dangerous high stick last night. This is what happened. A swing of his stick to the head of Kiefer Sherwood after Sherwood body checked Pullman. Pullman was thrown out of the game after the referees checked the video of what happened. Sherwood was not injured on the play, but that was too dangerous to avoid a suspension for Pullman. All right, it's cold, but there is a lot of warmth for Alfonso Davies in Canada at Commonwealth Stadium against Costa Rica. World Cup qualifying action chance there for Davies, but a good block by the uh, Costa Rican defender. And then how about this? Costa Rica almost scores on its own goal. But they hit the crossbar off the uh, corner kick at 0-0 in the first half. All right. Vancouver Whitecaps. Eight days away from going to Kansas City for round one of the MLS playoffs. It's a one-game-only affair. You have to win to stay in. The Whitecaps beat Sporting KC 2-1 back in October at BC Place Stadium. But they did lose in Kansas City way back in May, 3-0. But that was a different Vancouver Whitecaps team, one that had way too much Salt Lake in its diet. They are way better now, and even though Sporting Kansas City will be the favorite, Vanitar Sartini says the Whitecaps are not afraid. If we, if we go them uh, scared, if we go them trying to defend in our half and uh, to see what happened, uh, uh, it's going to be a problem. We need to be like we did in BC Place, pressing them very high, uh, being aggressive and uh, being, of course, very, very well organized. That's, that's our, I would say, strength. 
but uh, I would say the fact that the, the attitude of uh, trying to be on the front foot and to be more in their half than in our half will be the key. The BC Lions will host the Calgary Stampeders tonight, 7.30 kickoff, and it'll be on AM 7.30. And despite the Lions losing six in a row, this game still means something. The Lions still have a playoff chance. They have to win tonight, win next week against Edmonton, hope some other things happen as well. But the playoffs are still a possibility. They have been close to winning in recent weeks. They just haven't been able to pull it off for one reason or another. It's been a miserable last two months for the Lions. Six straight losses that took them from second in the West to the brink of elimination from the playoffs. If everything's gone wrong the past six games, everything will have to go right for their final two just to have a chance to salvage their season. You know, we get that opportunity to play, uh, play games that we know that we can't lose or the season's done. So uh, that's essentially a playoff game. In my mind, it's just a little bit longer path than it would be otherwise. It's not like the Lions haven't had a chance to win games during the losing streak. They've missed field goals that could have won games. Their offense has stalled during critical plays. They will somehow have to summon the courage to play with confidence that they can actually win a game. Wouldn't lie to you to say that you know losing takes its toll on you, but um, it, it takes a couple days to get over it when you've lost this many times in a row. But our guys have been resilient, and um, the last couple practices here have been excellent. And I, I really hope it translates into the game. It's a simple task for BC: beat Calgary and Edmonton, and then have the Stamps lose their finale to the first place Blue Bombers. So there's still hope. You know, the one thing that I can still say about this team is we're still resilient. We're still going to keep fighting. And, you know, as long as there's a chance for us to still win this whole thing, we're going to keep playing. All-Canadian semifinal at the Stockholm Open. Denis Shapovalov, Felix Auger-Aliassime. Shapovalov won the first set. And he breaks Felix late in the second set thanks to a rather impressive backhand. And there it is. Wow. Goes up 6-5. This is match point. Shapovalov is the uh, defending champion at this tournament, and he'll play American Tommy Paul in tomorrow's finals. There you go. I suspect some Christmas trees might go up this weekend, and it's good timing because we've got a holiday edition, or at least some components. Oh, no, that's very much a Christmassy uh, satellite Christmas debris. Christmassy satellite debris coming yeah. up next. Christmas in the... All right, ready to go with satellite debris and the week here, Squire. Well, let's start off with uh, a couple of Christmas commercials. I know it's early, we're not even a month away, but over in the UK, the Christmas commercials, I've said this before, are as big as the Super Bowl commercials are in North America. But I'm actually going to start with an American company, Macy's, and their Christmas commercial. Once upon a time, there was a reindeer named Tiptoe, and everyone just knew Tiptoe could fly. Shouldn't you be getting ready for your flying test? It's nearly Christmas! Me? Fly? Uh, maybe next year. Everyone that is, except Tiptoe. She's just scared. But flying is awesome! I flew once in an airplane. Took Wait, that's it? They gave us snacks and earphones. I watched like 10 movies. <laughs> so Tiptoe's friends visited the North Pole's greatest makers came up with their greatest invention yet. Ta-da! Wow. What is it exactly? It's a barometrically elevating levitation instigation engine with vehicular enhancement. It's a flying machine! It works! 
Help Santa do the test. Never scared to fly again because she realized the courage she needed was in herself all along. So, you ready to fly to Grandma's? Okay. See, nice. That's pretty good. Just gotta believe. Okay. Ooh, what um, else? What else? Oh, yes, okay. Uh, this one is from TK Maxx. It's a Christmas commercial. You'll recognize the song if you're a fan of Pulp Fiction. Here we go. one uh, promotes actually a show over in the UK. Um, anyway, you'll see it. You'll know what it says. Here we go. forgotten that'll get you in the spirit all right hope you have a great weekend everybody watch out for all of that rain coming